Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 1. Lo, thou art fair, my friend, lo, thou art fair, thine eyes are doves behind thy veil, thy hair as a row of the goats that have shone from Mount Gilead. In this chapter, it looks like they're about to get married because he's going to call her his bride. This is the beloved singing right now to his bride. Again, he says her eyes are like doves' eyes. Doves represent peace in the Bible. The Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove when Jesus was baptized, and Noah sent out a dove from the ark to see if land was appearing after the flood. And that represented a peaceful time between God and man, because only Noah's family was alive on earth, and Noah was considered righteous. Here it's like saying that his lover has righteous eyes. And it says her hair is like a row of goats. King Solomon loved nature and he loved his wealth. And King Solomon owned a lot of animals. And to him, animals were incredibly beautiful. He owned apes and peacocks. When he's saying that her hair is like a row of goats, it's probably curly hair. And the reason he's thinking about goats on the mountain is because goats that live on a mountain are very majestic. Thy teeth as a row of the shorn ones that have come up from the washing, for all of them are forming twins, and a bereaved one is not among them. What he's saying is none of her teeth are missing. That's what it means by a bereaved one is not among them. Because you know how your teeth have doubles of everything. There's two front teeth, two incisors, two of everything. He's saying that each tooth has its twin. There isn't any tooth missing. So no twin is bereaving the loss of the other. He is also saying they're even and they're white. Just like freshly shorn sheep, which would be very brilliant white looking because none of the dirt, all the dirt is on the outside wool. And they're coming up, which means probably she's opening her mouth in a smile. And again, he talks about sheep because sheep represent his wealth and her beauty to him is something to behold and be proud of and something to cherish. As a thread of scarlet are thy lips, and thy speech is comely, as the work of the pomegranate is thy temple behind thy veil. This kind of sounds like he's describing her as he would the temple, and the temple was the greatest feat of his life. In fact, his main purpose in his kingdom was to build the Lord's temple. He is constantly comparing his lover to things that are the most precious to him, his wealth the creation the Lord has made, and the temple that he himself built for the Lord. The temple has scarlet thread in it. Scarlet is used in the front door, and it's also used to cover the Holy of Holies. And it's one of the colors of Jesus Christ because it represents his sacrifice on the cross. It's also used in the priest's ephod, the color scarlet. And then he says that her temples are like pomegranates. A pomegranate has very gentle indents and impressions on it that you have to look really hard at to see. So he's describing the gentle indent of her temples, because all of us have an indent on our temples. 
And the veil that she wears also reminds me of the veil in the temple. Plus, the Lord caused the Israelites to decorate both the temple and the original tabernacle with pomegranate decorations. And pomegranate decorations are also used on the priest's garments. 4. As the Tower of David is thy neck, built for an armory, chief of the shields are hung on it, all shields of the mighty. He's comparing her to things that he loves. He loves the tower of his father that is probably part of his own father's palace. To him, that is a sign of strength. So there's strength in her neck, but it's the kind of strength that women have, which is grace. And grace is one of the character traits of Jesus Christ. Also, he says that there are shields decorating David's tower, just as there are shields decorating her neck. She is wearing a necklace that's either brass or gold, and it has circular-shaped ornaments on this necklace, and that's what he's describing as shields. 5. Thy breasts are as two fawns, twins of a row, that are feeding among the lilies. So he compares her breasts to two young deer that are feeding. When a deer is feeding, its head is lowing, and its head is to the ground. If you look straight on at a deer with its head to the ground eating grass, that is a similar shape to breasts hanging down. And also, they're twins again, which means one is exactly like the other, meaning that she has a very perfect body. She has perfect symmetry. 6. Till the day doth break forth, and the shadows have fled away, I will get me unto the mountain of myrrh, and unto the hill of frankincense. Frankincense and myrrh are both products of trees. They're made from the oozing fluid that comes out of trees. A hill that has frankincense and myrrh, that's an expensive hill. Again, he's comparing her to great wealth. On top of that, frankincense and myrrh are two of the gifts that the wise men gave Jesus. Frankincense has always represented the priesthood of Jesus, and myrrh has always represented his bitter death on the cross. After he died on the cross, they anointed his body with multiple spices and precious herbs, one of which was myrrh. 7. Thou art all fair, my friend, and a blemish is not in thee. Come from Lebanon, O spouse. Lebanon is in the very northern part of Israel, so that's where she's from, and he's telling her to come to him from that area, from her home. And he calls her a friend. Jesus calls us his friend when we obey him. And he says there is no blemish in her. She doesn't have any blemishes on her face. She doesn't have any warts. She doesn't have any freckles. She doesn't have any abnormalities in her. And when we go to heaven, we will be exactly like that. We'll be like the angels with glorified bodies, not one blemish on anyone. 8. Come from Lebanon, come thou in, look from the top of Amana, from the top of Shenir and Hermon, from the habitations of lions, from the mountains of leopards. He's telling her to leave her homeland and come to him. And that's what Jesus tells us. Leave where you came from and come to me. I want you where I am, in my home. His home is better than ours. His home is heaven, and he's calling us to heaven. We have to obey him. We have to follow his commands in order to join him there. 
And that's what this woman is going to do. She's going to obey her lover and go where he is. Now, the reason it says that there are lions and leopards in the mountains of Lebanon is because it's saying that's where danger is. Danger is far away from me, where you came from. I want you to come to me and be safe and whole. I want you to get away from the lions and the leopards. And that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to leave the demons that have tormented us throughout our life and follow him. Don't let those demons torment us anymore. When we walk in righteousness and obedience, those demons will leave. 9. Thou hast emboldened me, my sister's spouse, emboldened me with one of thine eyes, with one chain of thy neck. Now, some people think that this is perverted because he's calling her his sister and his wife. However, spiritually, we are siblings with Jesus because he calls us his brother. So this again is an allusion to Jesus Christ because he is both our brother and our bridegroom because we're joint heirs with him in heaven. When we go to heaven, we co-receive the inheritance that the Father gave all to the Son. And Jesus takes care of us as well, just like a big brother. How much better have been thy loves than wine, and the fragrance of thy perfumes than all spices. He prefers her perfume to any other spice, and he prefers her love to wine. As long as you don't get drunk on it, it is beneficial. But she is better than wine because wine, if you take too much of it, then it's not beneficial anymore. Then it becomes detrimental and it will kill you and destroy your personality and your character as well as your body. But he can love her forever and be with her forever and she will never become detrimental to him. 11. Thy lips drop honey, O spouse. Honey and milk are under thy tongue, and the fragrance of thy garments is as the fragrance of Lebanon. Lebanon is known for its cedar trees, so I believe that her fragrance is mixed with cedar, which is one of the most beautiful, luxurious of all the smells. He also says that under her tongue is honey and milk, which shows that she is comforting, because milk is comforting and honey is sweet. When he kisses her, he feels comfort and sweetness. And that's what you should feel when you're with your spouse. And when we're with Christ, that's what we feel. 12. A garden shut up is my sister's spouse. A spring shut up. A fountain sealed. That's saying that she's a virgin. In this song, she has sex with him, but she was a virgin before that. He's the only man she has ever wanted or ever been with. And that is the way it is with us in Christ. We only have one God and one King and one person we follow. We don't follow the talk show host and we don't follow our financial advisor and we don't follow fashionistas and we don't follow gurus. We only follow Jesus. That's it. When we only follow Jesus, we are spiritually virginal. 13. Thy shoots, a paradise of pomegranates, within precious fruits. Shoots of paradise means the branches that are growing in paradise. Eden was paradise, and heaven is the paradise to come. 14. Cypresses with nard, nard and saffron, cane and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, and all chief spices. 
all of these precious spices and herbs that he's mentioning, every single one of them has a meaning in Jesus Christ. Cyprus means everlasting life. Nard is short for spike nard, and it means devotion. And this is the ointment that Mary put on the feet of Jesus in the New Testament. I'm not sure what saffron means, but it is a highly precious spice. It's one of the most expensive spices in the entire world. It could be the most expensive spice. It's a bright red spice, and so it symbolizes light. Jesus is the light of the world. Cane and cinnamon represent holiness and purity. And aloes is another healing ointment that was also used to put on Christ's body after he died on the cross. They dressed his body with aloes. 15. A fount of gardens, a well of living waters, and flowings from Lebanon. It's interesting that the Beloved is referring to his bride as having living waters. When Jesus is in us, we do have living waters because those living waters come from him. Living water in technical terms means flowing water. When water moves, such as through a river, it becomes alive. The ions in it and the electricity in it and it self-cleans itself and it self-purifies itself when it's moving. That's why stagnant water is dangerous to drink. Because of its stagnance, it can't purify or cleanse itself. So running water is always going to be the freshest, most alive water, and it has healing properties. And Jesus called himself the living water, and he said, When you have me, a well of living water will spring out from your belly. He meant this in spiritual terms. It's Christ. He heals us when he is in us. 16. Awake, O north wind, and come, O south, cause my garden to breathe forth. Its spices let flow. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat its pleasant fruits. Now this is the bride singing about her beloved, and she is saying, Let the wind spread forth the beautiful aromas that are coming out of his garden. We can assume that she is traveling to go where her beloved is, which is Jerusalem. And you and I will be in the new Jerusalem one day if we continue to obey Christ and follow him and go where he tells us. And that concludes Song of Solomon chapter 4.